All right. What do you think about that? Hello. Welcome to Self-Immolation. This is my podcast. My name is Joshua Wentz. And here we are. Episode 8. I thought that instead of using the Brian Eno Bloom app today, I would try using some of my own music from my instruments-only podcast called Current Moods that I did in 2018. I have a lot of half-hour-long instrumentals, so they're perfect for this. Hope you're all doing well. I'm feeling good. I'm drinking a cocktail today that I made with uh, some bourbon, some half-and-half, and a pecan simple syrup that I got from a place called Joe Snow Syrups here in Chicago. And it's great. It's like drinking a boozy pecan pie. I actually prefer drinking one to eating one. But hey, if you gave me a piece of pie, I wouldn't complain. So today I brought a couple of pieces with me uh, from movie-based music. The last couple weeks we've looked at some stuff from theater, and this time I thought, let's do movies. The first piece actually isn't um, something I wrote for a movie. It's a remix of a movie theme that I did for a compilation spearheaded by an acquaintance of mine named DeLorean Royal. And it's for the movie You're Next. I don't know if you've seen that one. I haven't because I don't watch scary things. But uh, according to Google, You're Next is a 2011 American slasher film directed and edited by Adam Wingard, written by Simon Barrett, and starring Shami Vincent, Nicholas Tucci, dot, dot, dot. What do you think of that? I believe it was some sort of maybe home invasion type film. Um, People were wearing animal masks in it, I know that, because I can see the movie poster. But yeah, I think it was a tension thriller sort of thing, and it had a somewhat Carpenter-esque theme song, and uh, through whatever channels, uh, DeLorean Royal had access to it, and we were able to do a remix EP for it. That was really fun. I had a good time. It was a challenge for me because it's uh, more up-tempo, and uh, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to keep the tension going. We can listen to it in a minute. You'll see that I I think I add some tension to it, but then I probably take it away a little bit and try to bring it back. And I think I ended up on that project because I had done a remix for him in the past and he had done one for me. I think he did one for Brash Flare, actually. And uh, then when this project came along, I was asked to do it and I gladly said yes because it was a lot of fun and I love collaborating and being parts of projects. So yeah, if I recall correctly, I haven't listened to this one all the way through in a while, but uh, I start out with some kind of miasma, Foley-esque stuff, like an accordion crinkling as you let air in and out of it, Um, maybe some bowed cymbals, and then it kind of evolves from there. And I think that... uh, It's still available for free download on Bandcamp. I will put the link in the show notes 
there's some other remixes on there that are really good too. So I'm not telling you to just listen to me all the time. You can listen to other people too. It's fine. All right. Let's fade out this music and bring up the Your Next theme remix by me for the DeLorean Royal EP. Here we go.
hey, that might be the spookiest thing I've played on here yet. I think it did a good job. Sure, in the middle, I started to take it to a bit of a drum and bass place, and then I did a piano solo, but still, the beginning and end definitely had that spooky vibe, right? I will say, regarding piano solos, I am proud of the fact that I am pretty good at doing a one-take solo. Like, I just sit down, I play the parts, I just go for it, kind of just get out of my own head and do some improvisation, and usually it turns out pretty good. That was definitely one of those cases. Um, I've done a couple other times. I'll share some down the road with some other songs where I've done pretty awesome one-takes. But yeah, I was super happy with that. And I don't know if you noticed, similar to the beginning of this episode, right after that piano solo, I threw in a little bit of the Mike Oldfield Tubular Bells theme underneath uh, what else was happening there in the song. I definitely uh, reference that a lot in other songs, in other albums. I just kind of uh, like to put the Tubular Bells theme into uh, things as an homage. I'm very inspired by Mike Goldfield. What can I say? That's how it is, and that's how it's going to be forever. If I do another album... You know what? The next album I do will not have a reference to Mike Oldfield in it. Probably. I can't promise. Hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I hope you're listening at regular speed. I know a lot of people listen to podcasts at accelerated speed. One and a half times, one and a quarter. Two. If you really have something to do and you can't be bothered to sit and listen to a podcast... My podcast app actually goes to three times speed, and I gotta wonder, is that at all enjoyable to listen to something at three times the speed it's supposed to go? Seems crazy to me. I get the slightly accelerated talk show thing, but if you're listening to a music podcast, you gotta listen at regular speed. Otherwise, the song sounds crazy. So, you know, I mean, do whatever you want, obviously. I'm not going to come to your house and wreck up the place or something. Maybe not. Anyway, (laughs) uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little loopy today. I only got four hours of sleep last night. Um, usually I like to get six. Four is right on the edge of not enough for me. So I'm feeling it now. But, uh. Yeah, I played, a sh- I played a show last night um, in Jessica Risker's band at the Empty Bottle here in Chicago. And it was the first show that I've played indoors since March of 2020 when I played my record release show and then one more show after that in Joliet. It was nice. Uh, it, it feels a little weird still to me, especially because everyone's wearing masks, which I appreciate very much. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it feels positive to be seeing music again. The people that are there are very appreciative of everyone playing and it was a really great lineup. Um, we played along with many places, um, Esther, which is a super excellent band here in Chicago. And then a touring artist named Will Orchard. He was from Boston and he's on a national tour at the moment. And yeah, it was really nice. It was a really solid bill. Sometimes you play a show with other bands and you're like, why 
are we all together? This does not make sense. But uh, this time, it felt like it made sense. Everyone was there. Good vibes. Good music. I'll post links to everyone that played in the show notes. I'll post a link to the your next remix EP in the show notes. If you ever want to listen to any of this stuff, I highly recommend it. Listen to many places. Listen to Esther. Listen to Will Orchard. Listen to Jessica Risker. Listen to me. Listen to whatever I tell you to listen to. Because I have good taste, people. It's just true. It's just science. All right, let's listen to another song. This one is a piece of a soundtrack that I wrote for a movie called Buckle Up Punk. Directed and written by Ray Duran here in Chicago. And uh, it was definitely a, a fun one, a fun project. The movie has a bit of an 80s flair to it. It is a suspense thriller type movie where someone witnesses a hit and run and then the people that were responsible for it come after him. Mayhem ensues. People get saw blades to the head. If I remember correctly, I'm trying to picture it in my mind. I did have to watch it a lot while I was writing the music for it. But yeah, um, one of the lead actors in the movie, Andrew Weir, um, I think he's the one that recommended me to the director, and I was super happy to be invited to work on the project. Like with the Year Next soundtrack, this one had a bit of a John Carpenter bent. He is... His shadow falls far across movies in terms of soundtracks. People always, always are like, John Carpenter... I was actually reading an article in Electronic Sound yesterday about the Drive soundtrack, and uh, apparently there was a whole other soundtrack written by someone before Cliff Martinez came in and did his version. I always feel that's weird. The same thing happened with uh, Blade Runner 2049, I think, where um, Johan Johansson, I believe, wrote a full soundtrack for that movie. And then they scrapped that and used good old, what's his face? You know the guy. He did the the Dark Knight. I want to say Helmet Yawn. <laughs> it's not It's not Helmet Yawn. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Hans Zimmer. <laughs> Who's Helmet Yawn? Was he a chancellor of Germany or something? I don't know. Anyway, Hans Zimmer. They... they Scrapped one, used Hans Zimmer, the old standby, the guy that likes to make pulsing soundtracks. That's his thing. I'm not saying that that's not going to be apparent in some of the Buckle Up Punk one. I don't remember. This particular song that I picked might <laughs> might have a little Hans Zimmeriness to it. I don't think it will. We'll find out. You be the judge. Anyhow, um... Oh, you know what? Interestingly, Drive, one sound, soundtrack scrapped. Blade Runner 24-9, one soundtrack scrapped. Both of them, Ryan Gosling. Is it him? Is he the one ruining people's good times by 
scrapping a soundtrack after it's already been made. Should we be blaming him? I don't know. It's hard to say, isn't it? Oh, anyway, okay. So this song is called Separate Ways, and it comes at a point in the movie where people are splitting up to look for an escape. I think they're also looking for someone that's been abducted within this uh, converted warehouse art gallery building. And so there's some sneaking, there's some tension, there's bad guys looking for good guys, there's good guys looking for bad guys. And, uh, oh, I, I, I used a, I tried to use a sonic palette that was different than my normal thing. And uh, one of the things I did was make extensive use of the Ebo in this soundtrack. And that is a laser that you point at a guitar and it makes the strings vibrate and then you start hearing tones. So you get these kind of uh, metallic and uh, somewhat synthetic sounding tones out of the guitar that you wouldn't get from plucking it or strumming it. So yeah, there, you might hear a little bit of that in there. There's definitely some kind of percussion, various other things. Yeah, let's give it a listen. We'll see what you think. Here we go.
Yeah, there's that Ebo. What do you think? Was that too Han Zimmery? Did I did I Zimmer it up? I'm not super familiar with Han Zimmer because the things I've heard, I'm like, okay, I get it. But everyone loves his soundtracks. So I guess if it does sound like Han Zimmer and you like Han Zimmer, thanks. If it does sound like it and you think I'm biting off of him, I promise you, I don't even care about that. <laughs> oh, if you haven't seen it, you can see Buckle Up Punk on Amazon. You can you can rent it or buy it. And uh, I highly recommend checking it out if you've got some time and, and want to spend an afternoon. It's, uh, it's fun. It's always fun to work on a low-budget project where a lot of people are working really hard. It's especially nice when, for me, uh, everyone has worked really hard and then I can come in after that and work hard but not as hard as them. If you really think about it, when someone's written a movie, they're directing it, they're editing it, they're color correcting it, they're doing all this stuff, they're dealing with so much, and then the actors learning their parts, portraying the parts, doing all of that work, and then once it gets all chopped up and, and put into place, at least you know into a first draft, then I can start looking at it and go, what, what do I want to do here? And I can just sit in my studio and do that. I don't have to memorize anything. And for me, that's great. I'm not really a memorizer, I don't think. Pecan pie. One of the things I did in that project was try to give different characters their own sort of sonic palette. That's not something I invented. That's something a lot of people do. It always reminds me of that old uh, Peter and the Wolf. Is that what it's called? Peter and the Wolf? Because I think that uh, each of the instruments represents a different character. Like there's a, there's a bird, there's a duck who's not the bird. It's a different, it's a different character. I think there might be a cat or something too. But uh, I always liked the duck. The duck was an oboe and was just a really great, uh, great melody. I think it kind of had this. If I'm remembering correctly, if I'm totally messing this up and it's not even called Peter and the Wolf, feel free to correct me. You can go to anchor.fm slash self-immolation and leave me a message. You can always uh, find me on various social medias if that's your thing. There's probably a place to email me. I don't know. You can try it. But I think I'm right. I think that's what it's about. All right. Should we wrap it up? Have you had enough? I'm feeling like I'm getting I'm getting there with regards to this show. I'm feeling comfortable. Maybe it's the bourbon. I don't think it is. It's, I didn't have that much. I'm fine. I'm totally cool, guys. Don't worry about it. Maybe it's Artemis sitting here sleeping by me. Maybe it's the rainy weather. But I'm feeling it. I'm feeling good. Which is weird. 
because I really want to take a nap right now, too. But I can't. I've got things to do. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Next week, I will bring my spookiest music. It's about that time, isn't it? The month is almost over. It's time to quit holding back and play a little bit of Corvus. Ooh. <laughs> okay, have a good one. We'll see you later. <laughs>